welcome to this week's Rise Above Noise Spotlight, where each week I have the honor of shining a spotlight on someone in the Rise Above Noise community who's making a real difference and who's helping others with their business growth. If we've not met yet, I'd love to introduce myself. My name is Susan Finn. I am a digital marketing strategist with Rise Above Noise, where for over 15 years, I've been working with, with transformation creators, right? It's service-based professionals, energy healers, light workers, coaches, teachers, and guiding them with their own, their personal roadmap on their own digital marketing journey. And when I say digital marketing, I mean showing up, right? So together we create your own system for showing up in a way that feels generous, feels in service so that you can show up with consistency so the people who are actually already searching for you can find you. That way, your business and you grow with flow and ease. So today, I'm talking with my friend, Julia Lauren Estes. We met a number of months ago through the Success Champion Network. After our first virtual coffee, we knew that we each had an area of expertise that the other needed help in, right? Like that's the whole thing with referral network. So I saw that Julia's logical and analytical approach to reviewing our business, our business finances, profit, really she dives into where's the profit, right? Like where can you build your equity? And she opened my eyes to making sure that I was not only supporting my business, but that I would do the things to help me thrive with the right vision and the right strategies in place. Now, I know that you're going to pick up some great takeaways from today's conversation. So let's get right to it. So rise above noise, right? We're transformation creators. I work with transformation creators. And what you need to do is really know that you're doing the things in a way that you're protecting your time and energy. If time and energy are our most valuable resource, then what are we doing? So the first part of Rise Above Noise is to understand who your ideal clients are, but even more than that, what are your core values? What is your mission? What are your non-negotiables? And then when you can know what that is, now you can go ahead and start creating compelling content that speaks directly to the people that you're here to help. And so if you've heard me talk about compelling content, it's how do you share your cookies, right? What are the frequently asked questions and how do you share them in a way that speaks directly to the people you want to? Also proof of concept. So that's basically your case studies, stories people are telling you about you, your testimonials. Those are your proof of concept. So organizing and scheduling, gosh, we could talk about this for days and days and days on end. There are so many things that we can use. Do you schedule your post? Do you have a virtual assistant? Do you have a system? Do you um, watch your time? How quickly, how much do you watch your calendar? Today's topic is in organizing and scheduling because when we talk with Julia, what I loved about uh, my session with Julia is she helped me look at my own assets, my own way of working with clients and charging with clients and moving money as energy around my business so that I didn't waste that resource. So time, energy, and let's talk about money today. That's in organizing and scheduling. And of course, 
where I spend most of my time is in keeping in touch. I talk about email marketing until people want to just throw me out of the room, but really like it's the highest return on investment and time, energy, do it, make money. And all of this is so that you show up, right? Let's, so let's not even say marketing. Let's say you show up and that's so that you can be of service. So that's my soapbox. That's my GPS, you guys. That's where I, um, I stop and look at with any of the clients, with any of the work that I'm doing, where am I fitting in, in those five pillars of rise above noise? And so let's, let's get to it, right? Let, let's talk about Julia. So hold on. I lost the thing. As much as I try to prepare, I have now lost what I was looking for. Oh my goodness. Please hold. Yeah, it went away. I had of an official bio for Lauren, for Julia, only I have misplaced it. So let me just tell you what I know about her. <laughs> I said, Julia, do you mind that I put on the, on this marketing that you said you were a numbers nerd? And she said, no, she's proud about being a numbers nerd. And um, with her company, Profit and Equity, what I love about it is she is helping all kinds of business owners. But I would say in, in my experience, it would be a solopreneur who has, is wearing all of the hats and wants to make sure that they're doing things properly. I, and I'm going to let her go into a little more detail on her own stuff because I didn't uh, have her bio here. Um, what I will tell you is I asked Julia what her um, zone of genius is, like what is her superpower? And she said that it's making change easy. And so let's jump off there, Julia. Go ahead and tell me like, what does that mean to you? Well, and everybody fears change at some level. It's just part of human nature. We like things to be safe and comfortable and what we know is comfortable. Um, and a lot of times those things are unfortunately things that are not necessarily in our best interests. <laughs> so, you know, learning new habits and going out of your comfort zone and all of those things, people have varying responses to that, especially when it comes to their money and how they handle their cash flow and their business. So I make that transition as painless as possible for people, whether that's taking baby steps, whether that's someone who just wants the whole thing thrown out and let's start fresh, I'll meet them where they are and make sure that they're comfortable with what's happening in their business with their money. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing to me. Well, I, I love that that's, I love that that's your, what you, your self-professed, superpower is because you think about that with dentists, right? Like that's a big advertising point for them, right? Like painless dentistry or something like that. And as much as I love tech and I love working with numbers, there's something about looking at my business numbers that makes me uncomfortable. It is a little painful. Mm -hmm. And you know, I keep looking at it as a solopreneur, right? Like, who do you talk to? Well, maybe you have a mastermind group or you maybe you talk about it with your spouse or your partner or whatever. Um, there was something about going over it with you, knowing that you were going to have no emotion around it. Like you were just going to give me clear analytical advice mm -hmm. that that kind of put me at ease, right? Yeah, and 
I do try to make sure that it is a very um, approachable information. And what I mean by that is someone, it's, it's hard, it, like you tell somebody about their kid, they're immediately on the defensive. And for a lot of us, our business is our baby. This is something we created from scratch. It's a piece of us. So it's very hard for someone to kind of let somebody in to see the, the backbone and the background and the inner working and the guts of the business that most people don't see because they literally blood, sweat and tears went into that. So, you know, it is a very sensitive subject and you kind of have to approach it with a very, um, you know, diplomatic approach. <laughs> yeah. So if, as you're, as we're learning, right. As business owners, like you said, you said is no one teaches us how to manage our money, right. We kind of figure it out and it's trial and error. Mm -hmm. How do you, when you go into somebody's business, let's go through that. Like, where do you start? And I know you have five steps to mastering your cash flow, So maybe that's a good place to, to talk about it. Like what is, what's the process and what is, how does it show up at the end? What's going to happen at the end of our time together? Sure. So, you know, everybody has a business, everybody has money moving through their business. And the first thing that I try to encourage people to do in their business is tracking that spending. They're spending money, whether they, you know, have to, they need to, they want to, whatever that is, whatever that form looks like, they are spending money to run their business. Those things need to be tracked. It's so easy just to say, oh, it'll be on the bank statement. Oh, it'll be, you know, oh, I'll just shove this receipt in a box and never look at it. But you really do need to intentionally notice what you're spending your money on and make sure that that is tracked somewhere, documented somewhere that you're taking the action to document, not relying on the bank statements, not, you know, just shoving a receipt in a box, but actually intentionally writing it down somewhere. Does that mean taking a piece of paper and a pen? And for some people, that's what it looks like. For others, it's actually going into their bookkeeping software and typing out $20 at Petco or whatever it was. You know, it's it just has to be an intentional action and get into the habit of knowing what you spent money on by literally taking the time to write it down. Um, and that, again, is is very subjective for a lot of people what that's going to look like. But I highly recommend that somebody does this every single time they spend money on their business, even their bills that are automatically taken out. They need to be tracking those things. Those yeah. are the dangerous ones, to be honest with you. Yes. Uh, so that's the first step is you're going to be spending your money. You need to be tracking it. And whether that's in your, your bookkeeping or on a piece of paper, an Excel spreadsheet, whatever that looks like where you're comfortable, then you need to actually look at it. Once you've written it down, once you, it's in your bookkeeping software, being able to match those transactions, being able to move forward, you got to have some way to actually look at the data, not line by line, but as a whole. Okay, how much did I spend on my utilities? How much did I spend on my advertising, on my um, payroll? It's a big one for a lot of people. And being able to look at that data in different forms. Now, if you have a bookkeeping software that takes care of a lot of those functions right up front. If you're choosing to use Excel or some other form of bookkeeping, which a lot of people do when they first start a business, you need to be able to manipulate that data. And that might mean getting somebody to help you. That might mean doing a little bit of learning. 
Um, but it's important that it's not just a page full of numbers because your bank statement tells you nothing about the health of your business. Mm-hmm. So, so are you talking it. about like when I, for instance, I, if I'm going to spend anything on my business, it's going to be either sometimes in my PayPal, but more likely it's going to be on my American express. And so okay. when I look at that statement and I categorize it, I can say, oh, this was for marketing. This was for networking. Is that, is that kind of that next step that you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. You need to be able to put the data into some form of usable information. It's, it doesn't help you to know that you spent $40 on PayPal. That's not going to help you make any decisions in your business, but it will help you to know that, you know, 46% of your revenue is going to payroll. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that will trigger. Um, and you'll be able to say, wait a minute, that should be a little bit lower. That should be a little bit higher. Why am I spending, you know, $10,000 a year on food? <laughs> I'm not a service business. <laughs> so it really does kind of open people's eyes when they can see that data gathered in certain ways. So the reporting is really important. Got it. And from we get the budget. And most people think their budget starts with their income and it doesn't. Your budget starts with what you spend. And being able to write it all out and know every month, these are the bills I pay. Every month, these are the incidental expenses that I pay, whether it's your morning coffee, whether it's the fuel for your car, the um, you know incidental fees that you pay for certain people to come in and help you with things on the spur of the moment. Um, and then you look at really honing in on what are your yearly expenses as well, such as taxes and all of the other things. By looking all of that together and gathering your expenses, you're able to say what your budget should be. Then so, you can- So then you would be like, all right, so I know, well, I guess some people pay, some people just remember to pay their quarterly taxes. So that would be something, right? Or um, for me, I guess it would be like my annual subscriptions to such and such. And so budgeting that out, month to month would be not so much that, but just have vert vert i'm talking like step by step in a budget the first thing you need to do is gather all your expenses oh okay okay so we're not even there yet okay yeah. gotcha. so once you gather all your expenses you now can break that up that total for the year into a monthly fee gotcha so don't try to break up each one into a monthly fee just gather it all up figure out how much you're spending every year and then divide it by 12. Gotcha. Thank you. That's your monthly expenses. When you take that number and multiply it by six, that's what you should have set aside in savings in your business. Oh, snap. What? <laughs> so, Wait, so, yeah. so six months budget worth? Yes. I should, should have be. in savings. Yes. Uh, For things. And honestly, six months wouldn't have been enough to help some businesses with the COVID crisis, for example. Okay. Um, but it would have at least given them a chance to pivot or to reestablish a different way to run their business that wouldn't be dependent on people walking into their brick and mortar facility. So it gives you a little bit of a wiggle room. It gives you that buffer to react, to be proactive, to try to get ahead of when you see that downturn coming. And that's what it's really for. 
Um, the other side to that is then looking at your income. And every, every business owner owes, you cannot necessarily plan your income very well, unless you're, you know, even if you have monthly clients or things like that, they can leave at any time. <laughs> so we really do have to have that number in mind of what is our goal? What is our, you know, benchmarks that we're looking for to even to get to that break even point and then get into the profit zone of our business. And that's why having that budget is so important because that's going to give you those numbers. Then you're able to really figure out, okay, here's my revenue. How much of this do I put into savings? How much of this do I put aside for taxes, which you should absolutely be doing? And how much of this can I pay myself? Because that's always a huge question for a lot of business owners. They don't even know how much they should be making or how, to, how that looks. If you're an LLC versus an S-Corp versus a corporation, what are the different ways that that revenue gets into your pocket? So All right. Where you get getting there. We're getting juicy now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so we're figuring out what our expenses are. Where, hold on. I have, I'm putting the notes in the Facebook group here. So we're figuring out what the expenses are. Don't wait for the bank statement. Know what they are. Mm -hmm. And then once you know all of that, you create your budget. Don't forget to include the yearly expenses and break it out. And then that gives you your monthly budget. You have to have six months in it, like a, a savings bucket is what I had, right? And then you're like, okay, now how much do I need to make to not mm -hmm. only cover those expenses, but also pay myself and maybe put some profit into the business? Am I saying that all correctly? Yes, exactly. And the biggest part of what I do is helping people figure out where they are in that process and how to get to their goal in that process, which is typically having all of these things in place. You want to have the six months of savings. You want to have a profit account. You want to have your taxes set aside. You want to be paying yourself enough money. You want to be charging enough. Those are all questions that I help people with step-by-step step to go through a process to get to a place where their business is COVID-proof. They have time on their hands now because all of these things have been put in place. So there's a routine. They have a. They don't have to sit down once a week and go through their books. Yeah, it's already done. Okay. So that's really cool. And watching people get to that point is just really, really exciting. Um, typically we start the savings at about 10% of your revenue, just to give you a jumping off point. Some people like to start a little heavy because they want to get that bolus built up. Other people, they're happy with the 10%. Some people have to work up to 10%. It really just depends on where you are in your business and how your margins look. So you said uh, for a jumping off point, get your savings to 10% of, of what? Of your revenue. So in other words, All right. whenever money comes in, before it gets put anywhere, it should 10% of it should go right into your savings. Do you do like the profit first kind of ideas? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. And I would imagine that's a habit, right? Like I think these that we're talking about habits that at yes. first feel maybe a little uncomfortable or strange. Um, but then 
then they become a habit. And so then it's easier. Yes. And then you can build on that habit, I would imagine. Exactly. And I think, I think the biggest downfall of education in this sector is that nobody ever tells you what those habits should be. Nobody ever tells you how to do Yeah. Huh. So when you start working with somebody, and I know my experience, right, but I'm really just a solopreneur. I don't have a lot of in and out, but with larger companies or, or like some of my clients are growing now, right? So now they have more employees, they have more expenses, they're traveling more, there's a lot more going on. And, you know, maybe they've done this work, but maybe they haven't. What would you say would be the biggest challenge of all the things that you've talked about that um, entrepreneurs are having? The biggest challenge is, um, well, not to be cliche, but it's always that first step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that actually becoming mindful about their money of not just assuming that, oh, all I have to do is save these box of receipts and, you know, make sure my bank feed is hooked up to my QuickBooks and the accountant will take care of the rest of it. That's not bookkeeping. That's not going to tell you anything about the financial health of your business. And if you don't know the health of your business, how can you get it healthier? So the first step is to actually become aware of the health of your business, the status, the financial status of your business, then move towards getting it stronger. Perfect. That's so perfect. All right. So how do you work with people and how can they reach, reach out to you? Absolutely. So I work with people virtually all over the country (laughs) Um, and they can reach out to me by setting up a um, a call with me. I provided the link earlier. Yep. I'm going to put that in the chat. I also have another link for you of a um, checklist that I created for people to use in their business. And it just breaks it out into daily habits, weekly habits, the monthly things that you need to be looking for, which is a big one, um, the quarterly things, just breaks it out a little bit so people have a guideline of what they need to do when. Awesome. I'm putting both of those into the notes here. I, I know that, you know, pricing is, is part of my issue. Gosh, is it worth $10? Is it worth $10,000? Like I, sometimes I feel like money is such a construct. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, well, you go to store, you get milk. All right. It's whatever, it's whatever. But when you go to service providers, there's such a wide range. And I think that what you helped me figure out in looking at mine was, well, how much do you need to make a profit, right? Like you can't keep charging this amount if it doesn't cover your monthly expenses, yeah. right? Like there's only so many hours in a month. And so that was how you helped me back into some pricing. And I appreciated that. Um, I think that's a really great lesson for anybody who's listening. And they're just like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Right. It's true. It's true. And I mean, that's a very, very simplified way of looking at it. If you know that you have $10,000 in bills, for example, just to have a very round number and you only have, you know, a hundred hours in a month, 
well, then you know what you need to charge per hour. <laughs> Grabbing your link now too, because I realized we didn't even, because I didn't read the bio, I didn't say you can find Julia at profitandequity.com. I'm going to go ahead and put that in the notes here. Is there anything else that you would really want us to remember as we kind of wrap up and go along with the rest of our week? I think the biggest thing that I say to people all the time is don't be afraid of your books. Your numbers are there to help you. And so many people ignore the fact that there's so much information they can learn about their business just by looking at their numbers. Okay. Don't be afraid of your books. Don't be afraid of them. They're okay. there to help you. <laughs> so much, Julia. I'm so glad that we had this time together. And um, if you are, see this on Facebook and you have any questions, let us know uh, where Julia is always available. She's one of those people that answers her emails like right away. So um, mm -hmm. if you have any questions, get on a call with her, look her up on her website and connect with her because she has answers. I know y'all have questions. She has so there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this week's Rise Above Noise Spotlight as much as I did. Did you grab some takeaways from today's talk? Yeah, I sure did. Um, some of the ones that I can say, and you'll find the others in the show notes, is that Julia helps us recognize that our business is our baby and we might be resistant to some changes, but she reminds us to make habits to become mindful of our finances and, and really be on top of know the health of our business. And you guys, Julia's strict and you'd want her to be, right? She wants us to know what is our income goal, right? What actually is it? How many clients do we need, do we want? How much new business do we need to bring in? And we need to be clear on what the benchmarks are to get us into a comfortable profit zone. So you can see that our Rise Above Noise community and our members are revolutionizing how service professionals show up in their marketing and in their businesses to make a real difference in the world. If we say that, as I often do, that our only true currency in this life is our time and our energy, then while we're working at, our, at building our business, we really need to practice efficiency and flow and set up systems that allow us to shine in our zone of genius without, without having our precious time and energy sucked away from us. Now, more than ever, our world needs you. We need transformation creators to, to be successful in what you're doing, to show up in service and make a real difference in our world. Well, thanks for joining today. I'm glad that you spent your time with me and I look forward to seeing you in our Rise Above Noise community and sharing my next Rise Above Noise Spotlight with you. Mm -hmm.